find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, bringing you a very exciting show today. I'm really anxious to hear what my guest has to say. She is Connie Joy. I've had her on the program before. And, in fact, when this show is over today, um, you may want to go back and look in the archives um, for the first show that I did with Connie. Uh, and this is about James Arthur Ray. The trial is going on now, though. Uh, Connie wrote a book uh, called Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. And um, as many of you know, uh, the trial of James Arthur Ray, it actually had gone on hiatus for a couple of weeks, but it is back on now. And he is the guru, who the billionaire guru, which I call, or at least that's what he wanted to become, which I call an oxymoron. Um, he is on trial now for manslaughter, for the death of three people who died um, in his sweat lodge, ill-conceived sweat lodge in Sedona. Now, I'll let... Um, what, what I, why I invited Connie back today um, was because I want the update. <laughs> you know, when we talked with her before, it was before the trial had begun, and I said we'd have her back on because, uh, in fact, Connie has been attending a lot of the days of the trial, and um, she has been on the witness list, and I'm not sure where that stands. Well, we'll find out about that, but I wanted to have her back on before she was um, put under a judge's ruling to not be able to talk about the case. So, uh, and it's so interesting to know exactly what goes on behind the scenes. So that's what we're talking about today, behind the scenes at the James Arthur Ray trial. And as um, some of you may remember or may know, um, I was honored to be able to write the foreword to um, Connie's book. And it starts off um, with, my forward starts off with, if the law of attraction is true, then James Arthur Ray must have been thinking some mighty powerful self-sabotaging thoughts to have attracted the debacle he's in now. And that is all the more true today <laughs> than when I wrote it, because this man looks like um, he has been to hell and back, yes, a very hot, very hot place. And back, hotter than the sweat lodge. 
So, um, with, without further ado, um, welcome to the show, Connie. I want to hear all about your adventures um, behind the scenes of the trial. But perhaps before you start with that, why don't you, since there are probably some people listening who have not yet heard your original um, uh, interview from the show before, um, some months before, uh, why don't you just give everyone a bit of an introduction as to what your involvement was um, with James Arthur Ray and why you wrote the book before we get to where things stand now. Okay. Well, just, a, just a clarification so we don't forget, mm-hmm. I'm not on the witness list. If I was, I wouldn't be able to talk to you. Well, there was been... a, okay, but there was, I had been told that there was, um, that they were thinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that... I've been told by the prosecution that I would be held as a rebuttal witness. So what that means is somebody like has a massive uh, amnesia attack and forgets a lot of things, and they need somebody to come in to go, nope, that's not what happened, this is what happened, that's what I'm being reserved for. So are you still being reserved for that? I can be until the day the trial's over. Okay, well, good. Well, we'll we'll talk about something, because I think that one of the witnesses, um, there may be some need for clarification of their their memory, but we'll get to that. So tell us about how you you got involved with James Arthur Ray and this uh, this whole chain of events. Well, we got exposed to James Ray beginning uh, with the movie The Secret. Had some friends going to attend a seminar he was doing, and we, they invited us to join him, and we went along. I liked uh, his discussions about mixing spirituality with scientific principles. Uh, my husband and I are both have science degrees, and uh, that kind of a, an approach appealed to us. Of course, at that time, he claimed that he was eminently qualified saying that he was a shaman with two groups, a kahuna, been trained in breathworks, uh, holotropic breathworks. And, of course, later on he claimed that he had been trained uh, by Native Americans in sweat lodges. Uh, We found out later, of course, none of that was true. Uh, But over the course of three years, we attended over 27 different events with him, some that we attended, some that we volunteered, and eventually he started something called the World Wealth Society, which was a inner circle of people. Originally, we had signed up because we were supposed to be working on a philanthropic project, and the huge dues we were paying to the World Wealth Society was supposed to finance this project. Uh, much later on, of course, we found out that it, the only thing it financed was James Ray. Yes, was, you were giving charity to him. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, and not even getting the tax write-off for it either. Um, so all of all of it was moving along. We were seeing some disturbing things, but you know, not not terrible until the end of 2008, beginning of 2009. Uh, in 2009, we did not volunteer for any more of his events. In fact, we were supposed to originally volunteer. We did volunteer. Well, we we were asked, and then we we withdrew our. Um, our suggestion that we would volunteer Spiritual Warrior of 09. Uh, we went with him to Egypt and Peru. In Peru, in the middle of that summer, uh, just a few months before the Spiritual Warrior event, we had a knockdown, drag out argument with him, public argument about him pushing people just too hard, and uh, the compassion just wasn't there for everybody, and, and uh, we definitely locked heads. Just a couple weeks before the Spiritual Warrior actual event, we were still we we had a phone call with him because we needed to clear the air. Wait, wait, was, let's clarify which spiritual two thousand nine or two thousand nine. The Spiritual Warrior 09, the one where people died. Yes, okay. But and so, you've been to you went to the one in two thousand and eight. I went to the one in two thousand seven, 
We had friends in 2008 who went there, and it was it was really bad, horrific. In fact, uh, several people very easily could have died in that one. And truthfully, all of us inside thought that James got the message. Now, you know, he had to know that it, it he had to back off. This was crazy, and we had seen some signs that he was going to back off a little bit in some of the other events. Um, I talk about in my book about this is not the first time people have been hurt at his events, and it seemed like he was starting to take it a little more easy in some of them, so we were taking that to be a good sign. Uh, but I still was so uncomfortable. The one thing I said right away, in, even after 2007 when we were in the sweat lodge, I wrote an email, and I gave it a zero out of ten. I said, and the words I used is because it was dangerous. And uh, my thoughts about the sweat lodge never changed. And what we found out was he was just making it hotter and hotter every year, which was just nuts. Yes, absolutely. And and when you you talk about volunteering, you were part of his what what was called the dream team. That's uh, right. Yeah. That when we volunteer, of course, you do it all at your own expense. You pay for your own room and board and transportation and. Uh, but you do it because you want to help people. I mean, that, that's the reason you do it. It's extremely long hours. Another point of contention we had with James in 2009 was that we felt he was taking advantage of the volunteers. I mean, you would work sometimes to 2 or 3 in the morning and then have to be there again at 5 the next morning. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, he essentially felt, he treated people pretty much like they were slaves and he owned them, and, and the attitude was, was getting worse and worse. So just a couple of weeks before the Spiritual Warrior 09 where the people died, um, we had a phone call with him because we were supposed to join him for a private hike with just a, just a handful of us. And in that conversation, we couldn't get him to budge uh, at all about seeing how he was pushing people. And we told him that we would no longer volunteer for him and that at all, at any event, and that we were also not going to join him on the hike. And... Um... And were you? And before that, though, you were going to volunteer for the 2009. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. We had been asked early that year. My husband had said yes. We further discussed it. Uh, I was again not comfortable at all with the sweat lodge routine, and we called back and canceled. Yes. I mean, boy, you know. <laughs> I mean, little did you know, well, I mean, you did have concerns as far back as 2007, but little did you know that that, that decision, you know, would, um, would have such repercussions or could have had such negative repercussions if, in fact, you had gone and actually participated. Um, so you wrote this book, and uh, the point of the book is? The point of the book is to, one, warn people uh what you're not going to hear in the trial, and we can discuss that a little bit later, uh, about just the, the disappointing part in the trial is so much information of other events, even previous spiritual warrior events, where ambulance ha- had to be called for people who were hurt. Uh, many people were, were definitely in, in physical duress. That None of that information is being able to get to the jury. And so the book, I, I was concerned that uh, with, even with the media, you can't really cover this material in a soundbite. If you want to understand what happened and why those people were there, the book will explain that to you. You'll understand it. And then at the end of the book, I talk about some things that have to be changed in the industry. It's, it's now a $3 billion industry. And when you have that kind of uh, money floating around, you have people of less than the highest you know, standards of wanting to come in there and uh, take advantage of it. And so from this, we need two things. One, something really horrible happened to, to friends of ours. Um, these families are not going to recover from this. 
but we have to learn. The real disaster would be a double tragedy if all this happened and then it, it just got swept under the, under the rug and, and the business went on as usual. Yes, and of course you're not, um, you're very clear about not wanting people to give up on getting spiritual help or getting self-help, um, but just on picking their gurus more carefully. Well, not only just picking them, one of the things I say at the end of the book is I ask for a couple things. One, we have to have uh, a clear list of the credentials of the people that are supposedly providing these services. I mean, James made all these claims, and you thought you were safe because he was so highly trained, and it turned out all of that was not true. Um, if you're going to pay somebody thousands of dollars, in the case of Spiritual Warrior, it was $10,000. If you're going to pay that kind of money to somebody to facilitate a, a spiritual retreat for you, then they ought to be able, at the very least, to provide their credentials. I mean, I'm a real estate agent. When I go in to list your home, Carol, I'm prepared to show you my broker's license, my staging credentials. I mean, that's just, just common. You're going into, you're, essentially, you're pl- applying for a job. Well, he's a provider of these kind of services is, provi- is applying for a job with you, and they need to provide their credentials. So, yes, yeah, we can still have this, but we need to have some controls. Also, you have to control the money. Uh, these people are paying these kind of thousands of dollars, sometimes years ahead for events, and now at the end, they, a lot of them did not happen. Um, at the very least, money like this needs to go into a trust or an escrow account and held until the event is given. And, and if something happens and the event doesn't happen, the money goes back to the people. Yes, absolutely. Of course, now he's using it for his defense. Absolutely, yes. We are funding his defense. Yes. Well, all right. Um, we're, when we, we're going to be, uh, we're close to when we have to take a break. So um, why don't we do that now? Because when we come back, I want Connie to talk about um, uh, what actually, what her experience has been in attending the trial um, since she wasn't um, designated definitively as a witness she was allowed to attend and we'll hear hear all about what's really going on there i mean it must be so fascinating for you and of course heartbreaking too um because i'm sure you know a lot of the people who are testifying and um and this whole thing the way about the you know the way that trials work um where certain things are held back from the jury it must be really frustrating for you um i know as an expert witness uh, sometimes things that you, you really want you, the jury to hear that you know would make a change or affect how they decide on the trial, you can't say because the judge decides that you can't. So the whole thing, it's, it's a very difficult uh, process, and um, it certainly looks like it is being... I mean, I just looked today at some photos of him, and he has lost a ton of weight and looks like he's aged 25 years. We will come back. My guest is Connie Joy. Her book which is fabulous, is called Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. It tells you the backstory to this trial, um, you know, what really went on in his inner circle for years even before the 2009 October uh, Sedona tragedy where people, three people lost their lives and others were injured psychologically and physically. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today uh, with my guest, Connie Joy. She is the author of Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. And she is taking us behind the scenes at the James Arthur Ray trial, where she spent the first week live there and doing lots of interviews. And since then, she has been watching it streaming live. And... um and apparently Twittering or texting or something with all the other people from uh, from the friends from that you met over the years that you spent in his inner circle. So tell us what this whole... Well, start with the first week. What was it like when you got there and um, you had to face James, you know, for the first uh, <laughs> look each other in the eye? Well, actually, the very first time I saw him, it was actually like a kick in the stomach, I have to tell you. Um, and since then, I've even learned more stuff about him, as if you could learn more stuff that would make you realize just really who he is. But when we first made eye contact, I actually had to back away for a minute. For myself, I had to take stock. Uh, I mean, I looked up to this man for many years. I was trying to make my life better so I could be have some things the same as his. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at him and I'm seeing him for what he is. And I'm like, okay, Connie, you know, you've been on this planet almost 55 years. Uh, you're usually a pretty good read of people. How did you go so out into outer space with this? Because um, truthfully there's not much about that man that I want to emulate. So that was, a, that was a shock to my system. And I can imagine as those people, my friends, and you're right, almost everybody up there I know very well, 
uh, as they get up there on the stand, a lot of them, the first eye contact they make with them is as they're sitting in the courtroom looking at them, across, you know, from the witness stand. Mm-hmm. That's got to be extremely difficult. Yes, because this was a man that they were so devoted to and wanted to believe in so much, he was going to lift them to a higher plane, whatever it was that they wanted to achieve in their life. And now you're in this strange position where what you are about to say could put them in jail. That's right. Well, that and you have to come to 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 reasoning. I mean, first thing you go through any stage of grief. You know, you go through the shock and the denial. You know, it's like it can't be, you know, that's just really horrible. You know, and you try to assign your values. And I think this is one of our lessons, and I talk about it in the book. When we meet people, we try to believe that they have the same values we do. And it's always a shock to us to find out that some of the things we think are important, like as in how to treat other people, may not be a priority to other people. And that's how we always get bit in the butt. Mm-hmm. And and so they're going through their own inventory as they sit up there on the witness stand. They're going down the list of going, wow, how you know, why did I excuse this behavior? Why did I allow this to go on? Why didn't I, I pull out earlier? And and you know, it's it's a hard because you have to. It takes courage to look inside and go, okay, I messed up. I just don't want to do this again. So what did I do wrong? And I think as they're sitting there on the witness stand, they're being harassed by the defense attorneys. You know what that's like and uh, attacked and horrible things said to them, like, well, you were sitting closer to your friend, and, and if, you know, if you saw that they were in trouble, you didn't pull them out, therefore you're responsible for their mm. death, not James Ray. I mean, that, mm. that's, you know, that's not, you know, the things to say to people. So they're dealing with processing that. They're dealing with having to look at him again after all this has happened. And uh, it, it's, it's difficult. I think they're all doing remarkably well, actually. So, um, okay, so, so, well, first of all, how did they pick, I mean, why aren't you right now one of the people instead of being a rebuttal witness? Because you weren't there that well, year? Let's, yeah, let's talk about that because that's something really important. If the, my book is the witness the jury will never be allowed to hear. And the reason for that is because they call it as being just too damning for James Ray they're trying to pull it into just what happened in that spiritual warrior in that year. What they don't want the jury to hear is that there had been ambulances called to James Ray events at other of activities and other events. They don't want people to know that even at that same spiritual warrior event at Angel Valley back in, in 2005, a man was taken away with a heat-related illness. He believes it was heat stroke, serious problems. Um, they don't want the jury to know, and, and uh, the people were not allowed to testify, that the owner of Angel Valley had to go get James out of his room and tell him to go down there and help that man, and that she had called 911, and he was furious, and he got in an argument with her because she had called 911. Mm. So the jury's not allowed to know that. The jury's not allowed to know the problems in 07. They're not allowed to know about uh, Dr. Kent, they just said, was not going to be able to testify. He was a participant in 09, excuse me, 08. He believes, in his opinion, that at least six people that he medically treated at, after 08 that should have gone to the hospital. And he believes that out of those six people, two of them would have died if he did not give them immediate medical care. Mm. And That's he was the, just a participant. He wasn't hired by James. That's right. No, James never hired anybody medical. No, there was never any nurse or anybody hired to stand by for any of these things. So um, 
And I'll switch to that led people to believe that it was safe. I mean, he's telling you it is safe. He's telling you that you may think you're going to die, but you're not. And your whole test of character is going to be at that point where you think, you know, are you going to cave into your body whims or are you going to stick it out and prove to yourself that you're more than that? Okay, so that's your marching orders as you go in there. This is the grand finale of this whole week. Uh, you're, you, you know, you may have been told from other people how what a positive experience the sweat lodge was. Well, a real one, not James's version of a heat endurance test. And so you're sitting there thinking, okay, this is almost over. You know, I'm, I'm more than that. I'm more than that. And then by the time you realize that those people no longer could get out on their own. Yeah. So, so he had plenty of warning, but that's not going to get in front of the jury at all. Um, other activities, I mean, I saw people taken away with broken arms uh, in an ambulance after one of his events. That's not going to get in front of the jury. The jury isn't even allowed to hear about his, his over-the-top, pushy sales practices. You're not allowed, the jury's not allowed to hear about his financial situation, um, about the amount of money he brought in on these things. Uh, they're not allowed to hear about how he even walked away from the site after after every spiritual warrior sweat lodge event, but especially even in 09, helicopters are still there taking people out. One of the sergeants got there and wanted to know where the heck he was. He had to send somebody to go get him. So, at the, you know, all this is still going on. People are still in dire straits, and he's wandered off to go have dinner and take a shower. Yeah, and, and they're not going to be able to hear that. No, they're not going to be able to hear that, but you will know it if you read the book. <laughs> You will, because it's important to know. You need to understand just the mechanics that are going on here and, 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 and the red flags. There'll be red flags up there in hindsight. You can look at them and say, well, that's easy. But while you're in these events and, you're, and these things are going on, there's some really good people out there. There's some really caring people that, that will help you on your spiritual journey. And unfortunately, there's people like this. And that, that whole thing is to point out to you what to start looking for early on before you decide to put your, your, your mental or your physical uh, life in the hands of someone else. So, so to go back to my question of why um, you weren't one of the ones to be testifying so far, it's because you weren't at the 2009 one? And, and Correct. Right. All the problems I know about are what happened at the earlier events and at other activities. So we know what was happening, you know, again, behind the scenes. None of that's being allowed to be presented to the jury. I mean, there's employees who could blow the roof right off that place talking about uh, the problems. In fact, I think on, on my website you'll see one of the uh, people who read my book was an JRI employee. And she said that what I described uh, outside and inside, you know, of the company was dead on. So uh, all that kind of information will not be presented to the jury. Yes, there's a lot of, there are still people, right, who are protecting him. Well, yes, yes. What's there happening are, there's with there's that? A, I mean, have, have some of those followers, especially the ones who were employed or the dream team or just his devoted followers, um, have some of them been falling away as the trial oh, has gone on? Oh, absolutely, Carol. In fact, it may have hurt him that the trial was delayed because I think it gave, and Carol, you can speak far more to post-traumatic stress syndrome, but like they took initial statements from a lot of these people that night, and that's what they're uh, jumping all over uh, Mark Rock, who's testifying now. He was an attendee in 08, and he was a, a dream teamer in 09. It was also, uh, if you go to my website and you follow it over to the blog, my Facebook page will have pictures of all of us on the one-year anniversary planting the trees to Liz Newman. Mark was mm. there. Um, 
what they're jumping on him is what his statement was that night and then some other statements along the way. Well, that night, everybody was had just experienced probably the most horrific day of their lives. I mean, some of them were doing CPR on dead people. Uh, this was beyond horror to them, and they were in shock. And some of them were in shock months later. They still were. Um, what I'm seeing now is a lot of them are are snapping out of it. I mean, they're being able to look back over it. Uh, they're dealing now with the fact that many of these people are financially destroyed, and I don't use that word easily, but they are. They're having to go bankruptcy. They're having to lose their homes and foreclosures. You're talking about the people who attended. Yeah, people attend anywhere that were involved in his events. Even uh, people refer to the World Wealth Society. I know at least one member of the World Wealth Society who's bankrupt now. Mm. Um, what they People think, well, this was just for a lot of rich people. That's not true. I mean, people. he encouraged people to take out multiple credit cards to pay for his events. Because his whole thing was this was an investment for your future. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have all the tools you needed. You'll be able to make all the money you want. You'll be just fine. This, this was, you know, an okay thing to do. And, of course, anybody with, with taking a pause and stepping back would say, no, that's not the thing to do. Yes. Um, so these people who now had invested, um, I mean, do you think, well, why do you think that they're going bankrupt? Do you think that... Um, or in dire financial straits, aside from the fact that everyone is in uh, worse financial straits. But do you think it's the the stress of, I mean, the disillusionment with James? Do you think it's that they put all their money in and then the economy was bad and so they never were able to recover? Um, I mean, I do think you think it was per- that, that I think it's, it's perfect sort of... Form. They've lost faith in themselves because of his being on trial. Do you know what I mean? I, they don't believe in themselves anymore because the person who told them to is now in deep trouble. I think it's a perfect storm for them, Carol. It's a it's a lot of what you all of what you just said. Uh, obviously, the economy. A lot of people are in trouble now, so it was the worst possible time for for people to take these kind of risks. Uh, and I, I throw myself into that group as well. I think what happened was is you, you were encouraged. I believe the man used uh, definite forms of manipulation, neurolinguistic programming, stage hypnosis. I talk about one session in my book where he essentially came out of a guided meditation and went right into a sales pitch to sign up for more of his events in the World Wealth Society. And this is while you were in a meditation, which essentially is hypnosis, and and there's just no ethical grounds on where you can excuse something like that. So people go, you sign up for all these things. All of his events have a no-refund policy. So when you snap out of it a couple of days later, it's too late. You will not get your money back. So you might as well go attend the class because you're not getting your money back. And um, so a lot of people, again, put themselves in a very financial strain to attend these events, can't get their money back and back out of it. Um, and also, to the same time, especially the ones who were just traumatized, even if you weren't there in 09, if these were your close friends, uh, this was definitely a traumatic event in your life. And I think a lot of people withdrew for a while. They just had to, couldn't deal, no more input for a while. They had to just sit and be until they could work their way through the grief cycle. Hmm. Yes. Yes, because, um, because, most people knew at least one of the people who died. Yes. Right? Because it was a yes. close close group. When we come back, I want to go back into the courtroom with you. And um, so you can tell us um, what, you know, continue to tell us what, what that was like and, and the people that you knew who were testifying and how you felt for them and so on. We'll, be, we'll have to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Connie Joy. 
her book um, that you're going to have to read is called uh, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle, uh, Tragedy in Sedona. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Connie Joy, the author of Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James, Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. We're talking about the spiritual guru... James Arthur Ray, who um, overstepped his bounds and in October 2009 had a uh, spiritual warrior retreat in which the sweat lodge was the last uh, event and um, in which three people died and many others were damaged psychologically and physically uh, because of his because of his not really taking any into consideration. Um, what people could really withstand. It was more about an ego thing where he wanted to push himself. And, in fact, he was sitting near the opening of this yes. wet lodge. Yeah. So, um, so it was much less difficult on him since he was able to get some air. It wasn't as hot where he was. Um, and so he managed to survive and the people around him, whereas other people got into deep trouble. Um, so before the break, I was asking you, Connie has been at the trial and is possibly going to be a rebuttal witness, is on the list to be a rebuttal uh, I hope that you, uh, I hope that that happens, Connie. That would be incredibly exciting. Um, I, I call you in my description for today's show. Um, you're the witness that James Arthur Ray is hoping will never take the stand. <laughs> well, that's, that's a true statement. That's a very true statement. 
so tell us more about what it was like uh, locking eyes with him and being in the courtroom. Well, it was a couple disturbing things. I talked about the fact that the very first time I saw him, I actually pulled back. It, it, it was just a kick in the stomach. Um, he mistook that to mean that he was in t- still able to intimidate me, which I thought was interesting because later on I was in the hallway with a large group of reporters. He goes down through all these reporters, you know, making his way back to the courtroom, but he stops, and I was talking to one person I've known for quite a while, and he leaned in, pushed me back with his arm, shook the hand of this reporter, and said, hey, hi, how are you doing? And the guy was, da- the guy was dazed. He was stunned. He was like, well, fine, okay. And then James comes back. As he pulls his arm back across, he gets like just a few inches from my nose and just gives me that smirky, arrogant glare that he has mm-hmm. and goes inside. Now, I, the other guy was stunned. He was like, I said, do you know him? And he said, no, I only ah. met him once. I said, well, don't worry, that wasn't for you. That was for me. Mm. Um, he was letting me know that I no longer exist to him, which, again, I find interesting that he would think that I, that would, should bother me at this state after he's killed one of my friends, after he almost killed several others, after he's taken so many people's money of everything that they got, um, that I should... And my money, he's taken over $56,000 at the end of my money that's unaccounted for, uh, that I should be concerned that he's not happy with me. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that that is amazing, trying to sort of physically intimidate you. I mean, now, have you gotten any reaction from um, either either where you heard back from what James has said about your book or where you heard anything about what his lawyers have said? No, they're not going to touch it. They they want no. They want the book to go away, very badly, uh, because that's just uh, any information that's in there will only help people understand what really happened, and that won't help them. So that they want that all that information. They're blocking it from the jury, and as far as they're concerned, they'd love to block that from the world. Um, there's other things in the book too. Just so we don't forget, there's. I mean, people talk about three people who died within a six-week period in '09. Four people died total in a James Ray activity. Um, another woman died at a previous event in San Diego at the end of that summer. My daughter attended that event. So, I mean, you're going to have to find that in the book because, again, they won't let any of that discussion even come up in the trial. But um, that's a lot of, I don't mean to sound bad, but that's a lot of dead people for just a few weeks to just be trying to expand your spiritual horizons. Yes. Yes, and that you're talking about the woman who committed suicide. Yes, yes, yes. and that they told everybody that uh, they found her. She's fine, but she's just not coming back to the event. Yes, yes, yeah. Very, actually, very disturbing. So, what is it like sitting up there, um, watching your friends on the stand? Um, you know, and and what? I mean, did, I'm sure you spoke with them afterwards. Were a lot of people crying? Were they feel out of frustration that they weren't able to tell the whole story? Uh, I'll come, let me come back to that real quick, just so I don't sure. forget one other thing. I just wanted to say another thing that you won't see on the cameras as much, and I think they've heard us talk and tweet, and I also have the Facebook page where we're discussing it, so it may have gotten back to him and he stopped doing it. But in the hall, he would be yucking it up with his lawyers, huh. I mean, goofing and stuff, within two feet of Kirby Brown's mom. Huh. Um, he would do the same thing. They'd be in the middle of the, of the courtroom by the, by the aisle within... F- three feet, four feet of family members, and they're yucking it up and goofing. And, and I'm, I, I was watching this just going, you know, you, you're amazing. <laughs> you're, 
um, I, I can't even put myself in the place of one of those family members. If he had done that to my my daughter or my husband, I, I don't know how I could have him just a few feet from me laughing, yucking it up. Everything yes. is just a big old joke. Wow. Uh, after just hearing autopsy reports about my, my husband or my child. So at any rate, okay, we'll go back to what is it like watching my friends up there. It's actually extremely painful. Uh, other people have been contacting me about how watching the trial streaming online was, was just hurting them, and I, I made the suggestion, watch the prosecution part and then mute it for the defense. You know what they're going to do and say, and then just kind of watch the uh, tweet coming in so you can have an idea of how it's going. But um, in general, you, you know what the defense is going to do. They're going to try to, every person, they're going to try to rip up their credibility, like everybody's lying but James. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to attack everything they can. They're going to even attack, like I said, the people to say that it was your responsibility that you let your friends die. I mean, horrible stuff like that. And in the case we have right now, we have Mark Rock testifying, and here was a man who was, was you know, very good friends with Liz, um, you know, devastated by her loss and, you know, and, and in shock for a very long time. But he, he, on his own, has come out of it. He's worked his way through and uh, now he's trying to tell the truth. And they're, of course, all over him that, well, he didn't say this before. Well, because he was in shock before. I mean, he was he was really completely withdrew from his life for a while there. So, yes, uh, they're, they're, tr- they're trying to say that when he was interviewed that night, he told the police one thing, and then the defense is saying that even when at a deposition or, some, or made, when he made some later statement that he also contradicted what he's saying now. But um, he has told... The um, the prosecutor that he he was told and and we know that he wasn't the only one who was told this. There was a whole thing going on from his from James supporters and the people who worked for him um, to try to get the people who attended to to be quiet to not yes. tell what really went on. And so that's why um, James, what is it James Mark Mark Mark, Mark Rock. Um, that's why, you know, he was trying to be loyal to James at the beginning, and now he's finally telling the truth. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, I, I don't think he ever actually was trying to lie. I think he, was, he just wasn't, again, in shock and disbelief himself. Well, and right. it takes you a while, just like it took me a while. I, I mean, and I had warning. I, I knew in '09 we had already pulled back so hard because we could, we could see the nonsense of what he was doing and, and uh, the money greed, the ego, and so we had some pre-warning, but still I was shocked. Uh, I, I expected when I was warning people off a of spiritual warrior and the sweat lodge, I really expected someday we'd have somebody with serious brain damage. Even in my mind, I couldn't wrap my brain around the man allowing people to pass out and have people tell them that they're not breathing and still leave them in there and go on for another 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then when he left, not even look back to see that they were never even removed from the lodge until like 20 minutes later by a Angel Valley employee. Yes, I mean, that 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 is um, narcissism at the extreme. Um, I mean, what, what do I... Uh, I, I, part of my foreword, I say, call it a messiah complex, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, wounded narcissism, sociopathy, too many experimental drugs, sadism, or a death wish for himself. No one should be recklessly damaged or die in the pursuit of spiritual awakening. But it was Correct. all about James. It wasn't really about uh, about helping other people. Although, 
from what I understand and from what you wrote, I mean, at the beginning, he he was, um, he did have more sincerity when he first started doing this, and then as time went on, it was more about him and keeping up his lavish lifestyle. Right, and I think, I'm taking a really hard look at it now, I think when when we used to believe that he liked, you know, he went into this with some idea of helping people, I think he liked the helping people, not from just doing something good for someone else. I think he liked the helping people for the praise and adulation it it drew Mm -hmm. to him and his feeling of control he had on other people's lives. Yes. So you have to take a hard look at just how, how... High level that uh, that wanting to help people came from, and that's the reason why. Also, uh, a point that I make in the book as you as you go through it and read it. I mean, these kind of people, uh, they're very charismatic. I mean, James didn't walk around with a sign on him that said, "Hey, I'm a narcissistic. I'm going to strip you of all your money, and I don't really even care if you die." You know, they don't do that. You know, and the world would be a lot easier if people mm-hmm. did that, but they don't. Uh, they can put on the charm, and he could be charming beyond belief. Uh, the material that he mostly stole from everybody else was actually good material. Uh, of course, you could find it much cheaper and much safer somewhere else, but we didn't know that at the time. And we, he was telling us how highly skilled and, and what a high level of credentials he had. You know, I just never in my mind dreamed that somebody would stand on the stage in front of a thousand people and lie like that. So, again, we're again putting our values on somebody else. If you don't look at it with a, a different kind of eye, you can get bit too, and God forbid that you should have to lose a friend or every, you know, most of the money you have in order to learn that lesson. Yes, yes, this whole thing is uh, is just very sad. And boy, I, I, you know, it's funny. I thought he was being affected because, as I said, I saw that picture where he looked like he had aged twenty five years. But now you're saying that he was yucking it up, which of course is a defense, you know, to pretend to himself that everything's going to be okay. But still. That's very, very sad to hear. Um, we need to take another break. My guest is Connie Joy. Her book is Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. Um, Connie talks about, uh, gives you the backstory to what's happening today in the trial, the backstory that people aren't getting in the trial because James Ray's lawyers were successful in getting the judge to keep out some of the most crucial facts which is unfortunate because you kind of need to see this in the context. Well, stay tuned. Um, We'll be on for another segment. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com 
or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Uh, I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Connie Joy today, taking you behind the scenes of the James Arthur Ray trial, um, which has just come back into session. It's supposed to go on until June 21st, they're estimating, um, unfortunately, the Casey Anthony trial seems to be taking up a lot of airtime, so um, I don't know how much of it you're going to see, which is why you need to read Connie's book to get uh, to get some backstory. When I wrote the foreword to the book, um, what I did was, of course, read Connie's book, and then I read um, Jane's own book called Harmonic Wealth, The Secret of Attracting the Life You Want, and I essentially put James on my couch and um, saw that um, that his rise to to becoming or almost becoming trying to become a billionaire spiritual guru um, had all to do, of course, with uh, feeling like a nerd when he was a little kid. He he writes, "I was the kid with the big Coke bottle glasses and buck teeth who everyone made fun of. To make matters worse, I failed at every sport." I just curled up inside myself to avoid the pain. Uh, since I knew I'd never get the girls being a nerd, I became a workoutaholic. He talks about that and about how he got a motorcycle, and the first time he rode his motorcycle, he got into an accident, and so on, and and um, and, they, and about how his family was very poor because his father was um, a spiritual leader, a, a pastor of sorts, and um, and they were very poor. And he talked about how he, they couldn't even pay for haircuts for him and his brother. And he, his mother would um, give them buzz cuts on the porch, which, of course, you know, so you can see how all of this, um, and I go into a whole deeper analysis of, of how his childhood led him to who he is today, um, where he needed to collect toys, you know, fancy toys and collect adulation um, and collect praise and so on in order to feel that he was no longer the nerd or to get back to show those kids who laughed at him. And of course one of the most one of the clearest examples of this that I that I love to to show as an example is this whole thing about the haircuts that um, that because he was embarrassed where all the kids in the neighborhood watched his mother giving them buzz cuts, you know, because they couldn't afford to go to a barber, uh, lo and behold, at this spiritual warrior retreat that we're talking about, the one in 2009 where three people died, um, what is the first thing that he makes people do when they get there? And I say makes, I mean, you, <laughs> he persuades people, um, many of the people, to go up to the top of this hill and get a buzz cut. Well, like, 
as a psychiatrist, it's so clear, and I don't know that you have to be a psychiatrist to figure out that what he's doing is being in control. Now he's making everyone else get buzz cuts. He's humiliating them in a sense, getting them to, um, you know, have their, have, have them be in this state. Um, because now he's the one in control, whereas he was the helpless little kid when his mother was doing this and all the other kids were laughing at him. So there's all this. It's all about trying to, uh, trying to help him get over feeling like the picked-on um, little nerd who, you know, bullies kicked sand in the face of. Uh, and unfortunately, in this quest that he's made for this to become this leader, this spiritual guru, he has damaged people in the process. And, and uh, Connie has been talking about the many ways that this has been happening. So... Um, so it is sad so that that uh, the people you know in the jury aren't aren't getting all this backstory. I would have loved to have been uh, to have testified as an expert witness and explained all of this, but I'm sure that uh, I, they didn't have any such expert witnesses, any psychiatrists doing that, right? No, they didn't, and I'm sure you wouldn't have been able to say a tenth of what you would have wanted to say. Well, yes, yes. So um, let's. But people can actually find out more about about the, this backstory. Um, in addition to what Connie's telling us today, why don't you give give out your website and Facebook page so people can read more about this? Well, actually, yes, we'd like to welcome people uh, to get to the Facebook page. The easiest way of doing that is through the website, which is tragedyinsedona.com. On there, you can see the uh, references we have. We have over a hundred witness statements that are loaded there that you can take a look at. If you follow the blog over, it takes you to the Facebook page. On that page in the photos, we have over a thousand of the police photos uh, uploaded that you can take a look at. And then we have a discussion. We welcome you to join in on the discussion uh, between people. It's an open forum uh, to. Sh- to get information and, and stay current of what's going on. And also uh, there will be people on there who have legal backgrounds and people who were involved with the events, and there's people on there too. Please be aware that our family members and also uh, people who are actually in the lodge in 09. Also, if you need to buy the book, um, we have a current special going on right now, which is $5 off the uh, list price, and I will autograph it to you personally and send it off to you. Also available, obviously, in Amazon Book and Kindle for and so again, the website was tragedyinsedona.com. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Here's the sixty-four million dollar question. What, what do you think do you they're going to come back with? Is is going? How do you think it's going to end? What do you think the verdict is going to be? Well, I'm. You know, I, I've been around enough trials never to think that anything's a done deal. Uh, but I have to say something. The trial is in, is in Camp Verde, which is just outside of Sedona and Cottonwood. My family lives in that area, and and most of the jurors are around my age, um, more men than women. This is a conservative area. These are down-home kind of folk, and they're pretty good at looking through a lot of chatter and getting to the heart of the matter. So I'm going to put my faith in them and, and believe that they're going to be seeing through this, this, this act, uh, all of this fodder being thrown up in the air by the defense, and just get down to the points. But this is the bottom line, Carol. They've been trying to blame it on some weird gas that could have been in there, some weird pesticide, which even though Angel Valley's all organic, somehow could have gotten in there. Uh, they're trying to blame all kinds of things, but it comes down to this at the end. 
and even if person signs a waiver, a waiver does not excuse criminal behavior. And the very end, did this man act reasonably? When he was told, first of all, when the first woman's carried out around round five, passes out, would a reasonable person not then stop and make sure she was okay and make sure everybody else was okay? When a young man just a, a round later is outside laying on the ground screaming and thrashing that he's having a heart attack and he doesn't want to die, would not a reasonable person have stopped at that point, make sure 911 was called, make sure he was taken care of, and make sure that the rest of the people weren't in any danger from whatever he was exposed to? Would not a reasonable person, when a person was so delusional when they tried to get out of the lodge that they crawled into the hot pit of rocks and burnt a major hunk of skin off of their arm, would they not have then been reasonable to stop and make sure that person had been taken care of and, and had 911 called or was taken to the hospital? And then finally, would not a reasonable person who, when told that several people were down in the back, that they were not responsive, would a reasonable response have been to make sure they were okay to stop and get them care? Instead, James Ray said, never mind, we're going to move on, it's time for the next round, we'll take care of them later. Would a reasonable person, after another 20 minutes, that those people are laying there, when he got up to leave, would he not then make sure that they were taken care of and looked at? Would a reasonable person not have made sure everybody at the very least got out of the sweat lodge? Well, you should, you should be the prosecutor. <laughs> you should do the closing argument. Well, I certainly hope that you do get to testify. Um, and I, I will keep up with that to find out whether you are going to or not. And, uh, and I certainly hope that justice is served because, because if he gets away with it, I mean, well, it's going to be hurting so many people on so many different levels. And it's going to be giving the green light to other so-called spiritual gurus to not be careful. Yes. So, Connie, thank you so much again. Her book is called Tragedy in Sedona, My Life in James Arthur Ray's Inner Circle. Her website is tragedyinsedona.com. It sounds like and sounds like the blog and then the Facebook page are fabulous with all kinds of information. So thank you for joining us, and uh, let's just hope that justice is served. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 